1: offering perspectives of hope through Jesus Christ. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. I'm with my co-host, Suzanne Maurer. Join us now. Open your heart to what God has to say to you. As a child, Victor Marx survived four abusive stepfathers, while attending 14 schools and living in 17 houses by the time he graduated from high school. He found discipline in life from martial arts, earning his 7th degree black belt. He also served in the United States Marine Corps. A relationship with God has made all the difference to Victor Marks relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. He's here with us today and uh, joining us to share heart-to-heart with you as we typically do. You know, we remind you the reason we have the Good Life Radio Show is to bring you closer and closer to Jesus Christ, for you to to know Him, to know His love, to know the hope that is found in Jesus. Uh, Victor embodies that. That's Victor's message. All things are possible with God. You know, God loves you so much, dear friend. He sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sins. Christ shed his blood on that cross to wash your sins away. He was buried, and three days later, he rose again from the grave. And today, the living Christ who has redeemed Victor and changed him and sent him out to reach millions around the world is calling you. My friend, would you open your heart to Jesus Christ? That's our hope. That's our prayer. And we believe the Lord today will move mightily in your life in a very special way. You know, after going into his first juvenile facility to share his story with a group of incarcerated kids in 2002, Victor founded All Things Possible Ministries, ATP. It's a faith-based organization working on a global scale to free children from abuse and the effects of its trauma, that and so much more. His story is chronicled in his autobiography, The Victor Marks Story. He's married to Eileen. He joins us today. Victor, welcome to our show.
2: Danny, it is great to be with you and Suzanne. Thank you all for the opportunity.
1: Victor, where did you grow up?
2: Well, I, I'm a southern boy. I was born in Louisiana mm-hmm. and uh, spent a lot of time on the bayous. Uh, and then, you know, we moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. So we spent time in three main states Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas.
1: Hmm. What was it like, you know, being the, the, moving around, the abuse, uh, uh, growing up with such, uh, uh, austere conditions is is, is, is too light to, to say to describe what you went through but what was it well, like yeah I think you know when you're a
2: kid instability uh, becomes a way of life because you don't know any difference mm-hmm. there, there's nothing to compare it to so uh, I think with the you know the multiple stepfathers and the moving around in different schools you just you adjust You do the best you can, Um, but like most people who have suffered abuse, it it causes, you know, secondary effects in your regular life. So what I mean is, you know, um, maybe the night before, your stepfather's drunk, there's fighting, there's, you know, crazy, horrible stuff happening, and then you have to get up the next day, catch that bus, and go to school and act like, you know, nothing long has happened. Mm. So uh, I, I think, you know, it affected me just in school, my inability to mm. study, to, you know, to excel uh, in academics.
1: Victor, was there anyone in your recollection that stands out as someone who influenced you significantly yeah. during that time? Yeah,
2: you know what, I, I will say that uh, most people regardless of their background if they pause to kind of reflect and take an honest look God, you know although he doesn't cause this evil that happens to kids he, he is there he mm-hmm. never leaves us nor forsakes us and, and I know God would bring people into my life just almost like uh, to, to pull me up out of the water to take a breath you know and uh, whether it was a Sunday school teacher or, uh, you know, a coach or a regular school teacher, someone that would just acknowledge me, and it didn't, it didn't take much, just acknowledge me as a, a kid who had value and that God loved me, and, uh, and to give me hope. And, and those were what I call messengers of hope. Mm without hope, you really can't receive or enjoy love. There, there is no faith. Uh, hope is the one thing that breathes life, uh, that, that keeps a person going in great despair. So there was definitely several people uh, that the Lord brought into my life for a short amount of times that would, again, just infuse me with hope. Hmm. Don't give up. Yeah, don't give up. Victor,
3: uh, tell our listeners how many siblings you had and where you were in the family placement please
2: there were six kids in our family and i was kind of the middle i was uh number four and uh between us there were two biological dads so i had a couple older brothers and older sister me and then two younger sisters mm-hmm. and um yeah
1: how did you become a christian
2: well, you know, we—I was born Catholic, then we were raised Baptist, and then we—we we hit the charismatic movement for a while. Mm-hmm. So I was very much church. I tell people I even had a rabbit's foot. I mean, I was—I was trying to cover it all. Mm. And uh, and it's weird because that can help and hurt the same way. I do remember this. I remember my mother, you know, you know, I'd wake up at two in the morning and she sobbing, you know, on the couch. Another horrible, you know, I mean, the, just the circumstances were horrible. And she'd be crying, but her Bible would be open and she'd be reading it and reading and underlining. Hmm. So I saw that that was her lifeline to want to stay alive because there were, you know, there were, time, she just wanted it to all go away. But then the flip side of that coin was because of the great inconsistency, I used to think, well, if this is as good as Jesus can do, you know, I I better look for something else. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, it really wasn't until we were hiding in a closet from one of our stepfathers who was drunk, pulled out a gun, started shooting things around the house, and then I realized, oh, my goodness, we're about to die. And then my mother called on the name of Jesus. She actually said, the blood of Jesus covers us. The blood of Jesus covers us. And my stepfather, when he tried to, you know, he, he wasn't, he never entered the room. And he couldn't. There was something that was holding him back. And and uh, I knew at that point that Jesus had to be really, not only real, but, but still alive. You know, and uh, I thought at that point, okay, you know, I, I like this. There's there's something really powerful about him, and that was just one point in my life. But it wasn't until I was in the United States Marine Corps and had accomplished everything for my very small world view, and still empty, still hurting, and wondering, you know, what is life about? I had longed out a fight. Uh, I learned how to chase the girls, although most of them were way really faster than me. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, <laughs> but I was experiencing such emptiness, and that's when my biological dad, who actually didn't claim his, because him and my mother had got a divorce, that was kind of an aftermath of all that. But he sent me a letter saying, hey, I know you think I'm crazy, and I'm thinking, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, you
2: spend time in a mental hospital. Same one, your dad, my grandfather died in. I figured we just had a timeshare in it, <laughs> and he goes, "This time I'm crazy for Jesus Christ." And it was actually through his initial letter and in inviting me to come visit him, which I did. I took leave of absence to a court, you know, out of thirty day leave, and I went visit him. And he invited me to a church, and I was thinking, "Ah, oh, here we go again." You know, and I was thinking, what, "What's his angle?" But he invited a bunch of really tough guys, so I wasn't about to say no. When I went, I saw them worshiping God, singing to God in a way that was pretty committed. And I thought, whoa. And it was at that point, really, I felt conviction in my life for sin, for things I had done wrong. And I knew I was a sinner. And at that moment, I stopped blaming people. I mean, it was was on me decisions I made, sins I had done, and at the same time, you know, I felt God's love pour out on me, and I could not, I couldn't believe it. It was a paradox, because he was telling me he loves me when I, for the first time, really realized how desperately wicked I am, and I just felt like, uh, because I was raised, you know, you never hit a man when he's down. You kick him. So I thought, Lord, this is the perfect time for you to kick me. I am down. I know it. I deserve it. And yet he just kept telling me he loved me. So that's when I surrendered my life to Christ. It was actually June 22nd, 1986. And uh, I wish I could say I've been the best super Christian in the world. But I haven't. I've just been someone who's known how to cling to Jesus and found my strength in him. A pretty dark world, and having to overcome challenges of my past, mm-hmm. and uh, he has always been faithful.
1: The story of Victor Marx you can, you can actually watch the story. It's a movie. You know how sometimes people say, "Man, your story is like a movie." Well, his is a movie. Mm-hmm. You can find out more about it. You can watch it. That and other resources—amazing resources. He. Victor Mark you can find it at victormarks.com Victor is uh, speaking all over the country all throughout the world and uh, he is also doing some very very well they call it high risk missions he'll talk more about that uh, when we come back from our break when he was a kid there were people that god sent to him people teachers coaches friends families family members, things that may seem odd, but they were actually people who bore the oxygen of hope just to keep him going, keep him going. And today, the Lord sends Victor Mark's oxygen of hope to you. Stay with us. We'll be back. Wandering
4: the road of desperate
3: life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky, leave it to me, i lead you home.
1: James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. Mae Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support the good life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team, that's drdanny.live. Thank you.
0: Listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today.
1: Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. I'm joined with my co host, Suzanne Maurer. Please enjoy. Did you know that uh, after his biological dad became a Christian, he helped Victor find salvation in the Lord? Their relationship restored. Get this now. Victor had his dad as his best man at his wedding. You're listening to the Good Life Radio Show. Danny Amashiro here, my co-host, Suzanne Maurer. Victor Marx is uh, with us today. What a blessing it is to have you with us today joining us. As he shares in uh, the unique way, the gifted way that uh, only Victor Marx can, sharing heart to heart with you. You can find out more about Victor and his ministry, All Things Possible. Don't you like that? Don't you I love that? Love it. All Things Possible. Amen. You can find out more at victormarx.com. Uh, Victor, you lead high risk missions as part of ATP. Describe them for us.
2: Well, it's nothing we ever planned, but I will say this. Before I became a Christian, you know, I'm in the United States Marine Corps. I'm hard-charging. I'm a martial artist. I'm, you know, I'm fighting. I'm doing all this. And and when I would think of Christians, I would go, man, that's like a boring life. And, you know,
1: what,
2: what, what am I going to do? You, you know, it's amazing that God has imprinted each one of us with his DNA for his will for our life. And and it's only in going completely surrendered are we able to experience that, that which is big enough for our heart. I'm not talking about just being religious. You know, I'm talking about really understanding and being the thumbprint that God's made you. And for me... I always had a desire, no doubt because of the redemptive factor of what God has done for me. After abuse, I suffered as a kid, being locked in a commercial cooler for dead. And what it's like to be electrocuted or dunked in a tub till I passed out. Hmm. And physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. And even the doctors, you know, after 123 visits to a trauma specialist, oh. having a psychiatrist or the medications I was on including Depakote, Depakine, Prozac, Zoloft, Lithium, buispa. the To have a psychiatrist say, your, your, your mind will never fully function because of the acute PTSD that you, you know, have. Uh, and I'm glad I've always been a little bit of sassy. I was like, well, my mind never completely worked anyway. I, you know, got, <laughs> But God's redemptive factor, he, he put in me a desire to help kids. And like you said earlier, Danny was starting with reaching kids who were incarcerated, Um, and as Suzanne knows, and I want the audience to know, we've been able to, I mean, I just returned from my fifth trip to Iraq, and in the last, I mean, since last year, we've helped facilitate uh, at least 14 uh, missions to what we would call high-risk areas or high-threat. Uh, and that's that's to bring hope. That's uh, the practically to bring food or water, or to help kids and girls who've been held captive by ISIS. And um, and you know there's been the big battle for Mosul. Uh, it was Sinjar before, and right now uh, it's it's uprooting ISIS in this huge city. Uh, once it was over a million people in populace. Iraq that ISIS took over, and we were just there week before last with our team and part of uh, another team that we worked together. And I'll tell you, you talk about high risk. Mm -hmm. When you're driving and ISIS is shooting mortars at you and you're laughing, they're not hitting you, that's when you know, we're we're right in the middle of it. But you yeah, to see girls' faces or kids. And I've got, they can go to my Facebook page. They can go to our YouTube channel, which has got over 30 million views right now. It's amazing to see what God is doing. And he's privileged us to play a small part of it. And, and when I say our teams, we're backed by people who pray that have no doubt kept us alive. No doubt. Uh, and and i'm thankful for all the prayer warriors and those that support us to do this but yeah it's it's unique work in high risk and high threat areas and uh, if that's big enough for some people's hearts who are listening just don't underestimate what god can do with your life mm-hmm. as you're faithful to obey him and trust him in very small things you know uh, you just don't know where he'll take you
3: Victor, I want to backtrack just a little bit because you're using the term we, and I know there's a team, but there's a yeah. very important part <laughs> of that we. So can you tell yeah. us a little bit about Eileen, where you met, yeah. and let's you, get her in this.
2: You bet. My my bride, of uh, we just celebrated 28 years wow. uh, this past weekend. Congratulations. Uh, five children. Thank you. You know what? Um God knew that I absolutely needed her for multiple reasons. Uh, she has bulldog faith. She never gave up on me through my struggles and and you know I met her at church and I still think that's that's one of the best places you can meet someone. Mm-hmm. not saying that all people who pretend to be Christians are going to be good choices for spouses. but I'll say this as when when a person's single, Trust the Lord to bring you and your spouse together. You don't have to try to make anything happen. You'll know, and I knew with her. Um, so she is not only an unbelievable, incredible woman as a wife and a super mom mm-hmm. to our five kids. She, you know, she's a co-laborer in the ministry. And has gone into Iraq with me. Uh, And even today, because this is all new news, uh, your audience is getting a chance to hear it first. We just secured a location in Iraq for us to have a a safe house residence office. And uh, we're going to be moving there after the, uh, you know, here probably in the next few months. And, and establishing, yeah.
4: That
2: yeah. is answered so, prayer. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it really is. So uh, we're excited and uh, we're thankful to God. And we're very, now, we believe in God and his power to protect, but he, and, we, and we also believe in wisdom. So I don't want people to think that we're just, you know, un, unwise. We We drive armored vehicles. At times we... Do have security or carry tools of defense to protect ourselves or innocent people uh, if we're being targeted. So we, you know, we just want to let people know that we're we're very very. Uh, we use a lot of wisdom and mm-hmm. discretion when it comes time for uh, being in and, and now going to live in a you know high risk area.
3: Can you share just real quickly? When you ask Eileen about this move,
2: well, after I got off the ground from her knocking me down, <laughs> no, that's a that's a joke, <laughs> uh, that's a joke. I mean, when I told her on my first mission to go in and take a team, she said, "Honey, I think the Lord wants me to go." And I was like, "Oh, no way!" I said, well, "We're going to be around." Ice. I said, "That's a bad deal." And she goes, well, "When you find the girls, and I know you will." You can't hug them, but I can. And I said, You mean you're willing to risk your life to, to hug these girls? And I'll never forget what she said, Suzanne. She goes, What's the worst that can happen? We die? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Yeah. And she goes, But then don't we win? Mm-hmm. And when she said that, it challenged my faith to go, well, Why? Yeah, why are you so fearful to die? Mm-hmm. You know, it's. uh." Because uh, if you live in the fear of death, you'll never be able to live in the power of God's life for all he wants, because mm-hmm. you're wasting energy. You know how we tell our kids and my wife, especially when we decided to, to, to go to Iraq? There's a difference between fear and danger. Fear is emotions, imaginations, and it's really unreal, because it's just in your mind. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's just in your mind. Danger is real when it's present and we told our children the way we practice and and we don't give time a day to fear danger on the other hand we address and we make safe and do what we need to but uh that's a way where you save your energy from having just combat these false imaginations appearing real Mm -hmm. and that's what fear is
3: well, I love, just real quickly, that you ask her if she, if I have the story right, you ask her if she thought about moving there, and she said oh. yes, that the Lord had told her. <laughs> and you said, and why didn't you tell me? I mean,
2: I love that. And well, our- yeah. She, she you know, she spent time in prayer with the Lord, and, and then she came to me, and she was like, Honey, did the Lord tell you we're supposed to move to Iraq? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, well, why didn't you tell me? I was like, listen to what you're saying. I think that's better for the father to tell you mm-hmm. instead of a husband mm-hmm. to, you mm-hmm. know.
3: That's so <laughs> good for our listeners. Thank you for setting that straight and sharing that. Oh,
2: gosh. Yeah, you know. So it's, it, prayer is important uh, in hearing the Lord. It's like my wife says. She goes, you know, I think the Lord's talking often. It's just, are we listening?
1: hmm mm-hmm. Well, the Lord described Eileen through Victor just a while ago. She has bulldog faith. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's relentless, relentless in loving him as a husband, relentless in obeying God, as you can hear, uh, at all costs, at all costs. We're having a conversation right now with uh, a man who is not just saying, I'm willing to lay it on the line. He is laying it on the line, his life. I mean, not only that, his wife uh, with, uh, with that same characteristic, same faith, bulldog faith. Where does bulldog faith come from? Could it be that it comes from a God who has a bulldog love for you, a relentless love, dear friend, as you listen to Victor Marx today? Well, he sends him here to share with you, to remind you that with that relentless faith that characterizes his story, it's that kind of love. God is going after you all because he loves you. And He goes after you, not, not when things are great, when things are good and smooth. No, no, no. He's there when it, it's bad, when you're at your worst, your weakest, your most shameful moments. The Lord is there in his love for you. Stay with us. We'll be back with more.
3: Wandering the road of desperate life. beneath the barren sky. Leave it to me. I you home.
4: On behalf of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE and visiting drdanny.live for more resources. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the message of Jesus' love and bring hope to people like you, your family, and friends. Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed, Will you prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel so believers will be built up and non-believers may form a relationship with Jesus Christ? Visit drdanny.live to make a financial contribution today. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again for supporting The Good Life with Dr. Danny. May God richly bless you with The Good Life.
0: You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today.
1: Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. I'm joined with my co-host, Suzanne Maurer. Please enjoy. Victor and Eileen in an elevator, and something happens there. They're confronted, and what takes place after that? Well, it will pull you in, not only to watch what takes place next, but the Victor Marx story. You'll hear, and you'll see what God is doing in and through him and their ministry, all things possible. Victor leads high risk mission teams overseas for the purpose of offering hope and the love of God in a tangible way to groups that are hurting outcasts those who have suffered abuse in the hands of evil you can find out more again at victormarks.com you might be tuning in right now you say danny i caught the tail end of the last segment i want to listen to this this entire program is it possible well all things are possible Go to thegoodlifehawaii.com. You can get this the free podcast. And uh, I would encourage you, share it with a family member or a friend. Again, thegoodlifehawaii.com. Victor, a Muslim leader, a sheik or an imam whom you've worked with uh, was recently shot.
2: Mm.
1: Did he survive?
2: He did. Um... And we were shocked, but we all count the cost of, of meeting. We actually, uh, he, he's an influential, uh, he, there's about 12,000 mosques under his uh, reach. He's a thought leader, about 300 million Muslims. Oh. And he wanted to meet to help discuss, uh, you know, coming together with a common message against extremists, against Evil that are doing some of the most horrendous things in the world in the name of uh, you know Islam, and uh, I'll tell you, and I want to encourage Christians, you know it's so easy to to cast a hatred on any other religion, mm-hmm. and and here's the deal, is uh, God loves everyone, mm-hmm. including Muslims, mm-hmm. and although we don't agree on the path to salvation and on, you know, the person of Jesus Christ that never is supposed to stop us from being a witness and showing them really the love of Christ. And it's because of our work in Iraq, risking our lives, going on multiple missions, helping kids and women, uh, from persecuted Christians to Yazidis to even Muslims who've been captured, caught, affected by ISIS, and other extremists, that he calls me a man of the book because they do like the Old Testament. And he says, let's meet and talk about it. So we actually met out of Iraq in a neutral country. This is a guy that travels in a 10-car, armored-up convoy of security Mm. because of his influence and power. And Mm -hmm. he actually has a desire uh, to run for president of Iraq. Just to put in perspective who he is, After a two-hour meeting, all captured on film with amazing, um, amazing just sound bites of his heart and, you know, position on extremism, how he hates it and wants peace for the region. And even I was able to share my testimony with him Mm. of what Jesus has done for me. And, you know, like he was visibly moved. And this is what shocked me most about the meeting. He leaned forward because I was told he had never met with a Christian leader ever. Mm-hmm. And he leaned forward after I shared my testimony and he said, I have met the Billy Graham. <laughs> and I mm-hmm. said, What what? He said, I spent three hours in a private meeting with him many, many years ago. And he goes, He gave me a Bible. And I told him, I will try to read one page a day. And I'm saying, oh my goodness. Well, after this great meeting, within 48 hours, he flew back to Iraq and uh, an ISIS sniper shot him. Uh, they were in a town of Bashika that I was in the day before, nobody knew because we were doing higher stuff. And he stepped out of his car And I just found out today, I mean, literally just hours ago, the details. The sniper took the shot and caught part of the armored vehicle, the door, when he opened the door, and it hit him in his shoulder, and it was only centimeters away from his neck, which would have been a kill shot. Mm -hmm. Blood everywhere. They thought he was going to die. We asked people to start praying, and he did not die. And he's looking forward to continuing our relationship uh you know because i just got word today so yeah you know what um i i have christians that come against me for meeting with Uh senior leaders in the islamic world and i'm like well i'm an evangelist so kind of cool for me are Are you you gonna go be a light you know who how else are they gonna see and meet a a born-again believer to be able to know that jesus is alive and is doing things so it's been it's been very very cool
1: well you need the divine teflon to just let those uh, uh, critical comments just just roll right off dear brother you're doing what you've been called to do you are uh, fulfilling your calling as an evangelist we need evangelists with your heart the spirit of God in you uh, in us in, in, I, I need that, that courage, that faith. You inspire me, Victor Marx. Praise the Lord. May you inspire many, many others who are listening now, who will hear this in the future and in the days to come, all those that you speak to, and uh, a lineage for the Lord Jesus Christ of courageous faith, bulldog faith, to go where others will not go. It's easy to criticize, especially when we're surrounded uh, with air condition and behind four walls that are safe and posh, (laughs) padded seats. But, brother, you are out there. What an example, indeed. Well,
2: you know, God loves me, and our relationship is built on love. And he's so gracious with me when I make dumb comments, and and I just go, well, you know, people are going to make boneheaded, you know, Mm -hmm. statements. So we just got to press on. If you spend so much time trying to defend that, mm-hmm. argue with them, again, it goes back to the amount of energy and time we have.
1: Yes.
2: It's so limited. And, uh, you know, I shared with a, a, a subject matter expert in Washington, D.C., about one of my meetings with a leader, another leader, of the leader, who actually taught the senior leadership of ISIS. And I told them how I went to a mosque with him at night. And uh, then I told him because of that step of faith and trust and showing this guy love, he actually was the one who took us to an abandoned Christian church filled with families, persecuted Christians that had fled ISIS. He takes us there and says, Can you help them? Mm-hmm. Because we cannot. And when I told that Washington, D.C. person this, they looked, they looked at me and said, I, I don't believe you. Oh. And it was an awkward moment. And I'm thinking, well, I could care less, really. And then they and they lean back, y'all, and he, this person goes, but then again, I, I've never been to Iraq or met a senior Islamic leader, a Sunni Salafist. I said, well, I can, I can arrange that. you know. So as a result, now, as of three weeks ago, every one of those families that was in that church very great duress and horrible circumstances has now been reached, what we call rescued and resettled, and they're actually out of Iraq. Mm. And, I mean, their lives are absolutely changed Mm. because of people praying and because of people knowing that God loves, loves these people in Iraq. And, uh, And because, really, the faith of one man risking his life, an imam, to take us there mm-hmm. because his life is absolutely under threat now because of that.
1: Someone may be listening and uh, some may be recoiling in one form or another and having to recalibrate. And they're going through the the challenge of just, well, you, when you talk to someone or you listen to someone who's out there, who's doing it, who's, 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 who's in uh, the tight spot. Someone else may be listening, Victor, and they might be saying, that might be for me. I, I, there's something in me that uh, rises up, and I, I may want to find out more about how to get involved, if it's possible to get involved, if, if it is, all things possible. Victor, how, how could someone find out more information about possibilities of engaging with you?
2: Absolutely. Well, i definitely say as we get settled in, we're going to be able to put together and bring teams over and um, to do everything from hug kids, play with them, teach them uh, to rebuild houses to, I mean, they're, they're distribute food. There's all kind of, you know, there's all kind of things, but I would say definitely go to our website, Victor marks with an X.com or, you know, our Facebook page. If you want to email just say, I have an interest in, and, and, uh, And then we'll have our staff, you know, they put you on a list, and they have to vet you to make sure it's all good. And then we'll see what the Lord does. But I would say in the meantime, you you don't have to, like me, be looking at three ISIS guys, you know, sitting in front of you, fighters that just were captured. You you actually can just be faithful and do things that might be uncomfortable right where you're at. Mm -hmm. Right where you're at. Talk to a neighbor. Be a light at school. Uh, you know, befriend someone at church that just came in. then you be faithful where God has you. I promise you, if your desire is to do greater things or different things, because I don't think one is greater than the other, quite honestly, mm. I know for a fact that God will give you that opportunity. But be faithful where you are right now. Let Him train you, let Him mm-hmm. condition you, and get used to trusting Him in uncomfortable situations now. That way, when you're out in a you know uh, a dangerous environment, you're, you're not going to feel the fear because you've seen the faithfulness of God so many times through just being obedient to Him. That would be my encouragement to them.
1: The Lord has not only instilled in Victor Marks, Victor Marks with an X, not only instilled within him courage, but wisdom. Wisdom from God, that's what he said is applicable to all of us. Uh, Shall we take that, dear one? Shall we take what he has said and apply it in our lives? Uh, It's the challenge that's right before us, where you are, where I am. The Lord is training us today for the next step. But uh, we shouldn't worry too much about the next step. It will come. It will come in God's time. The next step is the next big thing. As our friend Danny Lehman has spoken written about the next big thing. Well, all things are possible. Victor Marx is sharing with us today. He'll share more when we come back. Stay with us. In the
3: road of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky. Leave it to me. I lead you home.
4: Jeremiah 33.3 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a program that was born out of prayer. The Spirit of Christ guides us through prayer, empowers us through prayer, and provides for us through prayer. There are mighty things that the Lord is doing in the Northeast, across the United States, and around the world. Would you like to be a part of God's work through The Good Life with Dr. Danny? Visit drdanny.live. Dr. Danny invites you to join his prayer team. Each month, you will receive a letter updating you on some of the -the behind-the-scenes developments, prayer requests, along with a devotional that Dr. Danny writes to encourage you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Join the prayer team today and make an eternal difference in people's lives. Visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live.
0: You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today.
1: Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. I'm joined with my co-host, Suzanne Maurer. Please enjoy. Victor Marx speaks all over the United States, internationally. His story crosses all boundaries. It provides encouragement, inspiration to audiences of all types as you can experience that today, sense that today, even as you listen to him. You're listening to The Good Life Radio Show. I'm Danny Yamashiro with my co host, Suzanne Maurer. Thank you for joining us today. As you've been listening to Victor Marks, you might say, hey, uh, I'd like to find out more. I want to support his ministry. I want to pray for his ministry. I want to be involved in his ministry. Well, you can certainly do that. Find out more at Victor Marks. That's Victor Marks with an X. VictorMarks.com. And uh, you can get this podcast as a free gift for you not only to listen to, but to share with a family member or friend. You might be thinking of someone right now my nephew needs to hear this. My niece, my friend, my husband, my spouse. VictorMarks.com. You can find out more about this podcast, The TheGoodLifeHawaii.com. Victor, in this, our final segment, you've given words of wisdom to essentially bloom where we're planted. As you look ahead, your worldwide ministry, what is it that just moves you with passion? I
2: definitely think it's being a light in some of the darkest places. And, you know, it's not because I'm some super saint. It's actually because, you know, I mean, I when I think about sometimes what's presented in Christendom, you know, that, you know, the more you grow, the, the stronger you get, you'll be this huge lighthouse on a hill. Well, I'm telling your audience, I've never been able to accomplish that. And I've been walking 30 years with the Lord. What I've found is that the best I'll ever be is just a spark. And yet my place of ministry is in such dark places. <laughs> it's so dark. The moment you hit a little spark, everybody turns and looks. Mm-hmm. What is that? And I go, okay, Lord, that's, this is great. And I, I would really just, uh, you know, my heart's always for kids. Who, you know, are minimalized or left out or abused, and uh, and for me, I've always been at the real tactical level of touching and helping. And the Lord, He's showing me that, you know, as I raise up teams and other people to do this, you know, He's He's given me wisdom from Him in favor to meet with. Really strategic religious leaders and global leaders around the world to let them know that the darkness that's invaded their region, their religion, you know, you need light to come into it. You know, I, I had the privilege of being the first American and Christian to ever speak at a juvenile prison in Iraq. And as a result of being able to share my story about light and darkness and God's love, and I mean, they know. You know, Jesus, it's, it's a given. But we still have people that follow us on social media who were in that prison but are now out. And it's it's a pretty exciting thing. I, I would ask for prayer for this. My next big meeting is with a gentleman. Um, I, I won't give his name right now for security reasons, but he does have an influence of 2 billion Muslims. Uh, that follow his teachings and thought. He turns down presidents mm. who would try to meet with him. Uh, and yet he's approved a meeting for us here in the next couple of months to fly there and meet. And I'll tell you, God has something in store for that. And we just need people praying because there's so many times I should have been killed or injured, and and God has just put us in a protective bubble. Mm-hmm. And we know it to do as well. And when it's when, when we're done, when I'm done, then, you know, people hear that, you know, Victor's not with us anymore. It shouldn't be sad. It should just be, well, he accomplished the last mission that God had him on, mm-hmm. and none of it was a mistake. And, and if God allows me to grow old or be part of the rapture, then I'm all for that as well. Better still, but trusting God for what He has to reach the world, for those in greatest darkness, and those who would hold Christians in contempt. Again, like I said, it's easy to be a light when things are so dark. Uh, even versus here in the U.S., surrounded with tons of Christians, everybody's trying to, you know, put more batteries in their flashlight to go. I'm brighter. I'm brighter. Mm-hmm. I'm like whatever, y'all. Mm-hmm. Y'all can work on that on yourself. I'm going to go where there is no light, you know, where my little spark, uh, by the goodness and grace of God, can make a difference.
1: When did you begin to realize this understanding, almost tire of what happens here in Western Christianity, and say, look, uh, we've got to, not only have we got to do better, we can and we will. When When did you, when did you get that insight?
2: Well, now, I'm going to offend a few people listening, but some people need to be offended. Quite honestly, you know, there's such a spirit of religion, and and uh, spiritual fatness in the West that, at a certain point, I have to ask Christian, and Christian leaders, how many conferences do we have to attend? How, I mean, how many radio stations are blaring the gospel, teaching it before? We overcome porn before we learn to be faithful to our spouse. You know, how many books do I have to read, you know, in order to just have enough faith to share Jesus, what he did with my life, with someone I don't know? I I, I just think we've lowered the bar for to the point of pleasure that, you know, it's really a skewed view. Nobody talks about sacrifice. Nobody talks about denying yourself, and I see very few do. I know you do, brother. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm on the show. You understand that embracing suffering isn't a bad thing uh, because I mean, Christ said we would. It's it's because uh, there's joy in the midst of it all. Why not in that we're suffering or you know, but but. The presence of the Lord is with you, and His grace is sufficient, and lives are being impacted. So, you know, I've I've had my full fill many times years ago with with Christian churches that desired me to come and speak, but it wasn't for the purest reasons, you know, and they didn't really want relationship; they just wanted to get numbers of people in there to build their kingdom. And yet it was almost, it's like, guys, can't you look past your own parking lot? And I'm not talking about being, not being faithful At a certain point, man, reach out, go beyond, equip the saints for the work of the ministry, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. just the guy teaching. Because I'm going to tell you, pastors and teachers and leaders, they are no more of value than a parking lot attendant or the childcare worker. I guarantee you. You know how I know? take all those other people in the support role away and then see how good he does. The reality is he's just one brother or a sister using their gift. And what we as Western Christians need to understand is that a person's gifting can take them to a place where their character can't sustain them because they never worked on it. They never worked on maturing as a believer. Then they worked on their skills and their gifting. So they look good in front of people, but in their heart they know they're not good because they're struggling in areas that they shouldn't. And I, look, I, I stumble, I fall, but the Bible says, you know, we won't get back up. But I'm talking about people that are living in a lifestyle of self-deception hoping nobody ever finds out, and they're in leadership roles. It's like, man, at least be honest enough with yourself to where you go, all right, I'm struggling, and I'm not having victory, and maybe it's a spiritual warfare deal that I'm not even addressing. You know, very few Christians I know in our circles even talk about praying against demonic activity in their lives. I'm not talking about Christians being possessed. I'm not. That's that's actually a tool the enemy uses to make people fearful of engaging in warfare, but the Bible talks about taking every thought captive, holding up the shield of faith. These are active, offensive engagement, uh, you know, directives. And so many people are just not willing to understand that realm we can't see is real, and you have to use spiritual tools in order to have victory in it. Therefore, and I'm I'm talking directly to pastors now, people are suffering, and, and all they do is blame it on their flesh. Well, they're just being carnal. Well, maybe if they're miserable and they hate their life and what they're doing and their struggles, maybe it's more than just their flesh. Pastor, maybe you need to take authority, stand in the gap, and blast the the devil and his demons for hassling this person under your care and see hmm. if they can release them freedom. Hmm. So I now step off my... <laughs> <soapbox>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm Vic- about ready to take an offer for myself. <laughs> no,
1: no. <laughs> uh, Victor Marks... Uh, these words that you speak, uh, the way in which you share them, the, the, the earnestness, the urgency, even taking the risk to, to, to come to the threshold or maybe even step over the line, step over the line boldly because of a message that we need to hear. I need to hear it. I'm challenged by it. But I hope I'm not just challenged by it and say, oh, man, I'm challenged. I hope and pray, Victor Marx, that I'm moved to action, to apply uh, by the grace of God, by the power of God, trusting in the Lord, to apply what you have shared. And dear friend, Suzanne and I were here, a to move forward together, to take this challenge, to take this reminder, to go deep, not just theologically, but to go deep practically, and simply, you know, there's a profoundness in the simplicity of the word Amen. take it and move forward right where we are. And God will move us ahead. Victor Marks, thank you. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for sharing your time. This has been incredibly valuable, dear brother. Thank you so much.
2: Privilege. Thank you for the opportunity. Love y'all and love your audience.
1: Stirring words from Victor Marks. VictorMarks.com. My friend, God's timing is perfect. And there's no better time than right now to share the love of Jesus with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, look, this may be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Christ. Go to drdanny.live for more resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and major podcast platforms. Mark 10, verse 27, Jesus said, All things are possible with God. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Victor Marks, victormarks.com Until next time, along with my producer David Nasora, creative director Brian Torres, web designer Shina Kusumoto, social media director Luke Yamashiro, and guest coordinator Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today.